I'm not a UFC fighter. I'm not here to start issues. I don't want physical contact with people, but I ain't afraid of the smoke. All right, let's well, talk about this magical where burger. I'm at. I want to talk about yeah, this magical I think burger. The battle that's being talked about, I think, I think it's there's definitely some validity to it. Yeah, you guys but, didn't like me. Just say it. Welcome to the catch up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Aruth, editor in chief, and Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news breaking, food porn peddling, viral website on the dot coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy. There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch-up. This week, we welcome to the podcast an entrepreneur, the CEO of Giant Sports, which owns and operates five paintball parks in Southern California. He's the founder of Loose Thoughts Clothing, which is available in urban outfitters across the country. He makes music and tours with the likes of YouTuber Jake Paul that I've seen, and he's the new director of digital at LA Weekly. Most recently, though, and why he's here today, he's controversially jumped headfirst into the restaurant business. Within the last eight months, he opened a casual seafood restaurant called Portside Fish Co. And within that same eight-month period, he opened two locations of the button-pushing burger experience called Groundhouse Burger, which has become known not only for Bear's loud and celebrity-fueled Instagram feed, but for the viral in my opinion, for all the wrong reasons, Magical Burger, a four-patty burger with cheese, three sauces, rainbow bagel buns, and topped with marshmallows and sprinkles. Bear to GDO, the Magical Burger rubs me some type of way, but I'm intrigued by you, and I want to know more about the dude I see on Instagram. Welcome to the Catch Up Podcast. Yo, it's amazing to be here, reporting mm. live. Mm. This is a long journey to be here as well. I don't know. Jeff and I had a lot of a lot of talks about you. Uh huh. You're very well known on Instagram. Okay. You you get attention in a way that some people find polarizing. Find it loud. Well, yeah. an attention in a way that most people can't. So I think that yeah. in the kind of the first sentence on on mine from the pod is we recognize that ability to create content. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that, especially I think from people in the food media and from the restaurant scene, you're a very polarizing figure. And I think that's what has really intrigued us because we have not seen a splash into the food game in, in your way, ever. And that's in the history of, I can say, at least the 10 years of being here at Food Beast, we see people coming from all sorts of industries all the time. I mean, restaurateurship is nothing new to expand into, uh, but I think the way that you're doing it and and with your voice is is very original, and that's why we wanted you to have on the pod today. Yeah, I mean, it's been great to be here. I know it was a battle to get on this podcast, (laughs) and it was a battle to work with you guys because of the 
I don't know, maybe like the view you guys had on me. I think a lot of people, either you look at me as like, bro, this guy's a douchebag or this guy's super funny and wild, but I really don't care what people look at me as and I don't care what people think of me as. And I think that's what allows me to kind of stay in my lane and have this maybe aura, persona about me is because I do things by my own rule book. I don't play by anyone's rule book. I don't stay in any lane. I'm not tied down to any industry. Whatever I want to do, I wake up and I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here drinking black coffee for the first time. I, I don't even drink coffee. But I walked in here. I saw Eli drinking coffee. I said, we're going to drop it like it's hot. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. So what I'm saying is to be on this podcast is a battle. I mean, I'm sure people know about the food beast battle that follow me. But it's amazing to be here. I'm excited to have good dialogue and kind of actually give you guys the proper message because I don't do interviews. You know what I'm saying? And I don't sit on people's podcasts. I maybe have done one or two. And I'm not like, you know high demand, but I'm just saying I don't like doing interviews. I don't like doing podcasts. I do my own content. I shotgun on my own feeds and that's it. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate, and I know you are fascinating. And one of the things I wanted to clear up and that's why I came down and met with you is that yeah. you, you created this aura of smoke that you had with foodies yeah. that didn't exist. Well, we like, had, we had smoke. Let's what? be serious. Let's Ex- be serious. Explain the smoke. Okay. Explain so the smoke. Here's or the smoke. When, you I, got the, when smoke? I got in the food game, I had you know, in the food industry, maybe one or two people that thought I was going to actually be able to do anything. As Andy Wynn, my partner, and Chef Fernando, which is now the partner of Portside Fishco and Groundhouse Burger. And Andy Wynn's the co-founder of Afters. And Andy Wynn's co-founder of Afters, and he's a legend. And I've known him from the streetwear days. Like you said, I have brands and urban outfitters. I've had clothing brands sold around the world. So I've always known of Andy. We have a bunch of mutual relationships and friendships and people. So... I've always been in contact with Andy. In the last six, seven months, we're partners, we're friends, we're, we're really good friends now. So that was about it, who I had in my corner. But Andy told me, he's like, listen, bro, you do what you do and don't worry about anybody. So I start doing my research. <laughs> I do my due diligence like I do. I sit down, I say, these people, food beasts are cool. They make interesting content. A lot of people in Orange County know them. I'm gonna hit them up and see if we could do something together. I sent one email, shout out to Gmail. I got receipts, no response. I sent two emails. No response. I sent three emails to Food Beast. They didn't want no smoke with me. I got to check said, his emails. And I, I don't said, remember Yo, any of Why this. doesn't Food Beast want smoke with me? So then I find out Food Beast don't like me. So I start hearing through the grapevine, Eli thinks you're crazy. Eli's partner don't like you. He likes reserved stuff. They both talking loud on the Magical Burger. Then my boy Food with Michael comes on the Food Beast Ketchup, mm-hmm. ketchup podcast. Mm-hmm. And you guys are all talking loud at me. I feel like I was at a high school dance. All the girls in the corner talking about me behind my back. I said, if you go and talk about the Magical Burger, you better get me on the podcast first. And let me tell my story. You don't ask people about someone. You go ask that person. My whole life, I've never had smoke with people. Because if I got a problem with you, I'm going to go see you. I don't care if you're nine feet tall or nine inches. We're going to talk about this. We're going to hash this out. I'm not a UFC fighter. I'm not here to start issues. I don't want physical contact with people. But I ain't afraid of the smoke. All right, let's well, talk about this magical where burger. I'm at. I want to talk about yeah, this magical I think burger. The battle that's being talked about, I think I think it's there's definitely some validity to it. Yeah, you guys but, didn't like me. Just say it. No, I'm not going to say it. But here's what I want to talk about. We don't know you. We don't Bear, know we you. Don't and know that's you. why yes. we want to have but this I heard through the grapevine, Food Beast didn't like Bear. And Food Beast thought the Magical Burger was dumb. Food Beast thought my stuff is crazy, that I'm not being organic to the kitchen we, game. I'm not in the kitchen Bear, game. I'm not a chef. You must not know Food Beast if that's what you think. That's what I heard. Number one. Yeah. When I came, when I saw the Magical Burger, yeah. I did look at my team and I was like, this is a dumb burger. Yeah, I said that. Crazy. said it to my editorial team. It is a dumb burger. That's crazy talk. It is a dumb burger. I've never heard that. there's no smoke. First of all, and then when I came down and I spoke with you, uh, yeah, I had to call you. Let's huh? let's clarify <laughs> the, the timeline. I had to call you. I said, "Yo, Eli, enough's hold, enough." And hold on, before you, Eli, you go on. Like, we get 
a thousand emails a day to go try someone's food. Mm -hmm. And so that's like an editorial process that we put everything through of, hey, we're only going to cover so many things today. No matter who you are or who sent an email, like we we just have a process. Yeah. And so no, I think I that's it. something where if the first impression and we'll get to it, but if the first impression is going to be like the magical burger, that's that's tough for us. And I, it's tough. Because, but it's tough. Why? Let me break that down. Why? Well, because it's it looks stunt only. Yeah. The burger itself. When and this is the problem with the world is everybody judges people's by their appearances. They judge them by what they see and they don't judge until they know someone just like me. The magical burger is a resemblance and an iconic personification of myself. Burger God. No, this is great. Once this is you great. see what it is and you taste it and you feel it and your mouth hits the bun and your tongue hits the meat and you understand it's a 10 out of 10. You never look back. All right. Let's let's get into that then. Because bear. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We got time. <laughs> We're here. Boys. We're here. We got we got all day. Um. We saw the magical burger come in through the feed. Yeah. We're like, all right, cool, man. Yeah. Burger with marshmallows on it. Okay. Trust me, we've covered some crazy shit in our day on Foobies. Yeah, you guys are legends. That's why I reached out to you first. I appreciate it, man. The, the respect here is mutual. I yeah. want you to know that. I love that. We saw the magical burger. We're like, dude, it's not going to taste good. So we go. But here's the thing is we don't shit talk on Foodbeast.com. Okay. So... When I saw something that I didn't like yeah. in the burger, yeah. again, mad respect. Andy is a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, mad yeah. respect for all his projects that come out. Yeah. Crazy respect. Uh, and I don't know you. I thought your feed is funny. I think it's incredible. You yeah. hang out with people that I like. You know, the feed's incredible. Okay. I just didn't like the burger. Right. So. It's okay. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, right? It's we okay. all have our opinions. Yeah. I didn't like the burger. So, instead of saying anything negative, you just we just don't talk about it. That's we just don't talk weird. about That's it. A little and weird. then. I don't understand. Well, we're not a review site. Yeah, we're and not a review. So we don't. Yeah. So we don't. There's plenty yeah. of other people. And out we don't there. slam places unless you're doing something morally or ethnic, or like morally wrong to the point where we feel some type of way that we have to let people know about it because we are a trusted source in food news. But when there's just food that we don't like, we don't give it one star. We don't go to Yelp and blast it. We don't. We don't do any of that. We just cover food yeah. news to the best of our ability. But then there's a there's a degree where if there's a, a menu item or an event or something that just like looks like pure stunt, I don't Yo, know. We, we love we, stunts we and have, we, so we avoid. Yeah, And the thing is, is everybody maybe thought it was a, a stunt, but it's still on the menu. It's still ordered every day. People crush it. People love it. People, I have people float. I had people fly in from New York, Miami, Chicago. People drive down from Fresno, Sacramento day. I had a bunch of people come down San Francisco. This burger is drawing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I should get literally like the tourist award for Irvine. Like <laughs> I brought more people to Irvine to try this magical burger than any other food restaurant in Irvine. And I'll put that on anything. I'll but I think, but I think. Bear, you drop yeah, people you. down. Now, let's not get crazy. Let's stick no, to food. This is food no, beast. Shout I, out no. to the Magical Burger. Shout out to Ground House. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like you yeah. have from the interviews that I did, the podcasts that you did sit yeah. on, and from the feed that I have been watching, okay. your personality is energetic. Okay. Like just sitting in this room right now, yeah. I have this like, I have a smile on my face because yeah. when we talk to dr hellberg from chapman university about yeah. food fraud the energy is not the same as what's in this room right okay. now and that's why it's very easy for yeah. me to understand where if i knew bear on any level yeah. and i was in san francisco and you invited me to try it yeah I'm coming 
we're yeah. coming. No, I mean, yeah, I feel that. Like, I have really good relationships with all my friends and my family, and I think that's where I got to where I am in life. Like, I treat my friends like their family. I treat my family better than what family should be treated as. And, and I pride myself on relationships. I pride myself on talking to people and kind of like having really good interaction with people. So yeah, I could see that. Like with Eli, the way the food beast like smoke all went down and I made that mini mockumentary that was playing at the grand opening of Santa Ana because food beast didn't even show up to the Groundhouse Burger Santa Ana grand opening. I shut it down with 500 people and we sold out of food in two hours. We sold like over almost like I mean, if you do the math, I'm not going to do all the math on, on podcast. Shout out to my calculator. But, you know, my phone's on silent. But we sold literally in two hours, like almost less than two hours, we sold out of food. And that was in Santa Ana, 500 people plus lines around the block. Like, bro, we brought energy to Santa Ana. And people were telling me, oh, if you go into Fort Street Market, that's a death trap. Bro, I don't play by no one's rules. There is no death trap in my book. Like, I'm going to go in there and give it everything I got. And that was for food. That was for the food culture. I'm out here putting food on my back and saying, we're doing this together. But people are like, oh, you're not a restaurant tour. You didn't come from the food industry. I don't need to. I'm going to play by my own rules. And when it goes back to that, that's when I hit up Eli and I'm like, damn, so the smoke is real. You couldn't even come to my grand opening. But, or, but that's the thing. If we don't attend events, it's not smoke. No, but, he, he, but Eli, after I hit him up about media day, didn't even come to that. And then that's when it was like a knife in my chest. I felt like my <laughs> ex-girlfriend was, was running up with my best friend. Like, yo, bruh, you didn't come to media day. You're three doors down. I don't care how busy you are. You can walk three doors down and come say hi because we're coming to your block. And we were hyping you guys up on Fort Street. And we're bringing the energy back to the block. This is like the new Fairfax of Orange County. We out here making things move. You know what I'm saying? This is we we making magic for the food game. The entire food court had energy. Five hundred people that have never been there saw this place. No. Everybody's winning. The whole city's winning. So I'm like, you guys can't come to media day and you can't come to the grand opening. Okay, let me strap up real quick. <laughs> Let's get these hands ready. So here's what I want to say. Yeah. One, I don't want to make this story sound less sexy. Yeah. But I didn't get the media invite. Oh, stop. I didn't stop get the media it. invite. You're four doors so, down. Okay, but check check in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But how many doors down are you? From I want to talk. I think I the big. Talk. I think the big thing is like we we just don't see the same level of smoke, and you're now sitting here on our podcast. No, like, the smoke's like, gone. But that was the background no, story. But I but I think you're a brand built for smoke. Yeah, I mean we want all of it. <laughs> Listen, if I don't have competition, there's nothing for me to do. I play to win. Like I enjoy trying to conquer and trying to win and trying to have fun and trying to create. Like that's what drives me. But, so if I'm in here and I feel like I already won, dude, I'm not going to keep playing hard but i want to talk about the good food that you have yeah so this is this is what i'm getting at yeah it's like i went and i tasted yeah the marshmallow burger okay and i just didn't like it i'm gonna put that out there i do think now (sighs) i want to give you credit i want to give you credit i understand what the marshmallow burger is about right now it doesn't taste good but it will bring every well that's you, a personal bring, preference let's make sure. sure we add that to the sentence everything i'm saying everything you. i'm saying unless i'm prefacing it with fact is yeah. is my okay. my take I like my that. take i like that right but then did that's i not respectable. did i not when we first met yeah. i was having a meeting with andy yeah. you come over you were very pleasant and cool and we yeah. we hung out and that's that's why i want you on here cuz okay. like people there's there's bear that you see on instagram okay and then there's which also, when you dig into it, is not an unpleasant guy. Again, it, it really is yeah, fun deep. to watch. Please don't think I'm unpleasant. I'm here for the people. But when I went, you brought out three burgers that all tasted incredible. Okay. Incredible. Okay. None of them were the marshmallow burger. Yeah. 
Like the burgers there, you're telling me about the kind. What what kind of meat is in in all your groundhouse burgers other than the hundred percent Angus? It's good. I mean, it, it's low fat. I mean, listen, what you have to understand about our meat and our food and our quality and our buns and, and our produce, like our lettuce, our tomatoes, everything's fresh. Mm-hmm. Nothing's frozen. It comes straight there. We get deliveries every day. We focus on making the freshest food in the game because we know we're a little bit pricey, but you're going to get that fresh quality taste. You're going to get a good size bun. You're going to get a good size piece of meat. You get real cheese. None of this plastic Lunchables nonsense that all these people have. Shout out to Ronald. And we're going <laughs> to give you quality food. Groundhouse is not built on gimmick food. Groundhouse is built on being creative and then having fun with your life but at the same time we're gonna make sure you're fed the people are fed do you remember when jesus was breaking bread with the people in galilee right he had one loaf of bread and one ounce of wine and what happened everybody got fed why because he cares and what do i do i care don't ever play with me it's a 10 out of 10 on any scale watch your mouth (laughs) well because here's the thing where and we know this from experience too because eli and i kind of fit in some of these categories but people love to hate on certain narratives yeah what do you think my narrative they, is? Well, they like hating on emerging business owners, especially okay. if they're in competition and especially if they're potentially taking market share. Okay. People like to hate on flashy business owners. And I'm not saying <laughs> you're one of them, but you do have a Burger God, Burger God chain on your neck. 10K around the neck. Shut up. <laughs> they also hate people that t- come from money or come from family businesses. Okay. And so you fit some of those narratives. I think I fit all those. And, and I think it's... Like who is bare outside of those narratives because yeah. that's what people like to talk about. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why you're on the podcast is okay. as much as Eli and I in a meeting will say, no, we don't want to cover that. We okay. say that a hundred times a day. Well, I'm sure you do. And so that's not smoke to us. But when people think it's smoke, we would like to bring them on and talk about yeah. it. And so yeah. like that's why you're here. And I want to dig into the bear that – Yeah. I don't know. Is the social personality that we see on Instagram stories and on Instagram yeah. the same person that at 11 p.m. when you're working on one of your emerging brands and yeah. social isn't on yeah. and the phone off? It's like, are those different people or are they the no, same? I think my creativity is is what matches my energy, right? So when I'm at my best in terms of creating for any brand, whether it's clothing, whether it's food, whether it's paintball, whether it's an event, whether it's nonsense... I'm always energetic because that's what fuels my fire. I mean, listen, there is no smoke in terms of like I'm upset with Food Beast. I, that was just the narrative, and that's how my relationship started off with Food Beast. But when I met up with Eli at Santa Ana and we broke bread over the vegan burger, mm-hmm. I feel like we cleared the air. And I was like, Eli, listen, man, like we're here. It's live. It's been documented. You didn't like us. Now you do. And now we're all good. And I was like, there's a mockumentary playing on my TV right in front of Santa Ana. You're four doors down and it talks about the food beast story. I walked in here with my yellow puffy jacket, silver Siberian hair, almost broke down the door. And I said, let it be known. We're on the block. You guys don't want to come to media day. That's fine. You don't want to come to grand opening day. That's fine. But I'm here. And then we squash it and it's over. I mean, there's nothing left to talk about. My energy, who I am, is who I am 24-7. I don't slow down for anybody. I don't pause my life for people. I run it up. You know what I mean? I do what I want to do every day because that's the only way. And I'm not saying that in a cocky or arrogant way. I'm saying that in a way where I take control of my life. I've been, you know, through so many avenues. I used to play professional paintball, traveling the world, 14, 15 years old. The average age of my team was 28, 29. I'm in random countries with these guys. And they're locking me in my hotel room when they're out partying all night. Like, I grew up through the trenches of figuring out everything I need to figure out coming up through the world. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I've never even tried weed. I've drank maybe four times my whole life on my mom. So it's like, 
what people don't realize is I take control of everything I do. Nobody tells me what to do. No one can peer pressure me into doing something. If I'm loud and obnoxious, yeah, maybe I'm just filling myself right then. Sorry about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to apologize for being who I am. Sometimes I'm a little over the top, but I'm over the top because I'm having fun in the moment. My life is built around having fun and creating with my friends. Like the magical burger, so you guys understand, came from one of my really good friends from Dubai. We just had an insane night on my birthday. We had like 30 girls. We're partying at the club. Everybody's living their left best life, shaking their tail feather. I got girls dropping it low, shaking it slow. He leaves. It's like 5 a.m. I tell him, hey, I got to head to Groundhouse because I got to go check up because we were just launching our new pattern and our, all our new prints that we were rebranding our little center in, in Irvine Trade, which we got in trouble for because our spot looks hot. So <laughs> basically what happened is that I show up and at my office, there is 100 bagels there colored bagels from Brooklyn because he knew I loved bagels because in the morning when I was leaving the hotel room I ordered us a bunch of bagels because we were partying all night shake your tail feather.com just logged in so what I did <laughs> is I then took all those bagels to Santa Ana I mean to Irvine and I told my chef I was like bro look at how cool these are look how big they are imagine if this was a bun we then created a local magical bun please don't call it a bagel get your facts right shout out to Google and we then created the marshmallow burger and i said the marshmallow burger doesn't sound good sounds like we're ready to go eat with the dj bear real quick yeah. when, you, when you're when you're bringing these rainbow buns or well originally they were bagels and yes. now you have a bun yes we know chef nando chef nando used to be on yeah, the, on the block in downtown Great santa Anna. Yeah. has made my favorite shrimp burrito forever yeah oh he's God. the man dude yeah. chef so fernando man, shout out chef fernando you're the man shout out to your bald head we love it <laughs> and he's a great background uh, back yeah. backbone, yeah. I think, to your organization. Yeah, he's the man. When you're presenting a chef with with rainbow anything, okay, like what was his reaction? So, and and like the real conversation. I, yeah, no, I get I that you. he's fully you. behind it now, and he pushes you. the product. But what was there a conversation with a <laughs> chef that was like, "Hey, we should do this yeah. for this reason"? So and, that's actually a really good question. Andy is also from the food background, right? And most recently, afters ice cream, but he has a bunch of other food concepts. Chef Fernando and Andy both knew when I decided to come in and team up with them to launch these brands is that I'm over the top and I think outside the box and sometimes too much. Sometimes you go from a box to a goddamn container store. You know what I'm saying? So they understand that where I'm at and the routes that I take, sometimes the, the water's a little muddy. So they let me do my thing. And that's why our relationship as you could see, has been so transparent in our brand with the fun we've been having is because they go with my, my, my wave, so to say. So like Chef Fernando saw this and Chef Fernando is an amazing culinary chef. The guy can make anything. We just launched the pesto mussels at Portside and they're mm. literally amazing. So good. he's an amazing chef. So he looks at this and he's like, yo, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, let's get it. And he believed in me. And even Andy was like, Hands up, like, boys, do your thing. Because Andy's like, God, Bear, you're going to make me look like an idiot in this game. But even Andy, to a certain extent, always believed in me. He knew the value I could bring because he's seen me do it in so many industries. I've duplicated multiple success stories in multiple industries from different products to events. So Andy saw that. So Andy was like, okay, do your thing. So I told Fernando, listen, all I need you to do is make it taste good and make sure that the candy melts into it. So Fernando figured out a way how to get the marshmallows and the candies to melt in the sauce because he cooks it on the cheese and the cheese is already melting. So it kind of blends into the taste. So it doesn't taste like the sugar factory. You know what I'm saying? You don't get all those things on your tongue start sparking up because you just had so much sugar like an air. So long story short. 
So we go in the back of the kitchen. Fernando starts cooking up work. I'm sitting out there and I'm like, yo, I'm waiting for this. It comes out. We had a few tweaks. It comes back in. The minute it came out and it was ready to rock and it was on the tray and I was holding it and all of Irvine trade stood up and basically almost started applauding. No, come on. What do you mean? The whole center went nuts. Everybody said, what is this? All oh seven my, of the, them. The whole center. All seven of them. You better watch your tongue over there, Eli. The entire Irvine trade center, everybody that was eating there for lunch started going nuts. Phones were coming out, pandemonium in the streets. People were moving chairs out of the way. It was almost a stampede, okay? It was like one of the beginning scenes of Lion King. <laughs> and the magical burger is being held up in the sky. I swear, the clouds started clearing and everything was just right. And the moment was perfect. And that's when I knew the magical burger was going to be a 10 out of 10 and be a hit. We launched that thing two days later without Andy even knowing. We told Andy, yo, we're going live. And Andy said, I get it. You know, because Andy travels around the world just living his best life. So Andy comes back home and Andy's like, all right, we're ready to do it. And I said, yeah. Andy looks at it. Andy says, okay, we're ready. Fernando says, I'm ready. I said, listen, I'm going to shut down Irvine. They said, how? I said, I'm going to bring every influencer I know and we're going to have a magical burger party. At 12 p.m., I had 60 or 70 people at Irvine Trade. I believe it. We were going I nuts. It. I had champagne. I had poppers. I had confetti. I had girls in yoga pants. Shout out Lululemon. <laughs> I had people doing it the most. And the magical burger has been a hit ever since. Okay, don't play with but me. that day. And, yes, and, don't play and, with me. And here's the thing. Yes. If you look online. Did that answer your question? It did. Thank you. And, and if you look online at the Magical Burger, if you look at the people trying this burger, yes. it's. Yes. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of tier one name, personal brand people. I don't look just, at them as tier one. I, I look at them as friends I know you and supporters. don't. I know you don't. Yeah. I, but I do because I don't know any of them. Got it. Got it. Right? Got and it. so, and it's amazing to see something that in our head is like beyond internet viral built on the internet yeah be tested and tasted by tons of people that we think the average restaurateur would plead and beg for any one of these people to enter the restaurants and you don't have to do that yeah. but my question to you bear is is everything you do out of a 10 out of 10 on the bear scale so there's no way that you can create something 10 out of 10 right if your scale let me, for let me, yourself let me ask you a question quick, right now quick. if you had a business Right? Are you not going to tell people that your business is the best? Do you not tell people Food Beast creates the best content in food? Because if you don't, then you don't own your business. You shouldn't be in business. Everything I do, I own. If I'm going to do something, I tell people I'm doing it the best, and I don't care what people say. I'm going to create my own narrative. I am not the burger god. I created the burger god, and the burger god is now a part of me, and the chain never comes off. I sleep with it on. I did not come from the burger game. I was fat my whole life eating pizza and pasta. I should have been in the pizza game. But I got into the burger game. Why? Because I love burgers so much. Double, double, two by two. You know what it is, in and out. I've been eating those since I was six years old. Okay? So I got into the game and I owned what I do. And I tell people what I do is the best and it's the best because I'm behind it and I'm not going to go to sleep till I know it's the best. So when we go and we got marshmallows and the marshmallows weren't what I want, I said, I don't care if we have to pick the marshmallows out of every Lucky Charms box. We're using Lucky Charms. And now we have Lucky Charms on our Magical Burger. We will go the extra step for the customer so the customer experiences the experience that I want them to have, which is a 10 out of 10 on any scale. I want to figure out how you became how you are okay. right now. <laughs> like, okay. Like, this is crazy. Okay. Uh, so I appreciate that energy around it. And, yeah. And then ground And I'm being real with you guys. Like, no, I, I get it. A lot of people, I'm going to just stop you for one second. A lot of people say what you say. Bear, every burger you drop is a 10 out of 10. Everything you do, you say is a 10 out of 10. Well, you know what? It's a 10 out of 10. 
because there's lines around the block. There's people that support us. I got family in my corner. I got friends in my corner. I got people that'll fly over from England to have a magical burger lunch with me. Sergio Aguero, one of the nastiest soccer players in the game. We're racing Ferraris down the freeway. Listen, what you have to realize is everything I do, I'm behind. So yes, I'm going to say it's a 10 out of 10. I'm never faltering from that. That's a 10 out of 10 burger. And McDonald's, you could have come smoke with me. In and out, you could have smoke with me. Wendy's, you could have smoke with me. I don't care who wants smoke with me. I'll take them all on at one time. Do you want to be a restaurateur or do you want... I want to be Bear to Gidea. Yeah, I don't want to be anything. That's what I, I want to be in my lane and I want to create. I, you can't typecast me. People used to say, oh, you're just a professional paintball player. No, I own a hair product company. People used to say, oh, you just make hair product. No, I'm not the Silver Siberian. I'm Burger God. People say, oh, you're just Burger God. I'm not Burger God. Now I'm Portside God. I'm Lobster God. I do whatever I want to do. Burger God, I love though because I love burgers. I'm behind this. You see this chain. You see it shining. Ben Baller did the chain. No, he didn't. But you see what it is. <laughs> what? How do you meet all these people? Like, so okay. you were in, you go, like, people played paintball growing up, but okay. you had parks. So uh -huh. talk to me about, uh, when you were born, your yeah. dad had these parts, right? Yeah, so, so my like, dad, my dad came this. from the restaurant and nightlife business. My All my really? family owns pizza restaurants. My grandpa was a famous Italian bakery chef. Like all the cakes in, in The Godfather, when they're walking out with the cakes, those were all made by my grandpa and my uncles. Like my family has those plaques hung up all over our wall. Like my family is super heavy in the pastry and baking game and caking game. So I grew up with the most amazing food. Right. All my cousins own pizza shops now in West Covina and different spots like Rancho Cucamonga, Upland, different spots like that. My cousins own bars. My dad owned multiple restaurants. My family still owns a banquet center at Hollywood Sports Park. We do quinceaneras and parties for two, three hundred people every weekend. We have a full kitchen there. So I grew up in the food game. OK, I also grew up in the paintball game because my dad had the parks. And then when I got to a certain age, I was about 15, 16. He let me run the marketing for all the parks and he let me basically just burn my feet to the fire. Like I got to try everything I wanted to try. If I messed up, you know, it wasn't life or death. He knew he was teaching his son how to operate. So then, you well, know, some I was, shit you messed up on because running there was five a, there like was a parks lot of is stuff crazy, I messed man. Up on. A lot of crazy. Stuff. I've or, you know, I mean, for example, ordering gear, right? I was in the clothing game, but I didn't get my expertise from my clothing game, I got my expertise from messing up a seventy dollars or $80,000 order that comes and nothing has sizes on it. So it's like, I've learned so many mistakes, even in the food game. Oh my God, we, you know, we're about to serve two, 300 people. We don't have bread for the bread baskets. So it's like even little things like that. I've learned so much over the years by operating in all these different industries. I've been able to use that. My mom runs one of the dopest hair salons. That's why I got in the hair game. Mm -hmm. I had hair product. I did collabs with big YouTubers like George Janko and all these guys. Like I've done so much. Every day is a new project. I don't wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to go sit on the beach and tan. My boy, I already got that, you know, Sicilian skin. We don't need a bronze. <laughs> so it's like I wake up and I'm like, what can I create today? You know, and it's not always about money. That's what influencers, entrepreneurs, people that are in business need to understand. If you wake up every day and all you're thinking about is that buck and not the creating experience or living in that moment, you're not going to appreciate it and you're not going to learn from it. You're not going to be able to duplicate the process because you're so focused on the quick dollar. People nowadays are so focused but, on the quick dollar. They don't know how but, to make an experience. But, the, but the, I think also the average entrepreneur who starts a restaurant needs it to succeed I, yeah. and listen what you have to realize is 100 self-funded so don't get me wrong it is about making money 100 self-funded groundhouse outports said if we don't have a dollar that's coming out of my pocket so please believe we're, we're spending money and and wrapping you know stalls and buying tvs and buying product and making merch that's all money i get that i'm just saying the experience in creating like people like to say like dude you do so many things you're in so many different industries Pick one. 
you don't need to pick one industry. You need to pick one type of creativity and master that. So that way you can duplicate it in anything your life challenges you with. I wake up every day, like I said, and I'm trying to face a new difficult challenge or a task or create some sort of campaign that's going to work. Listen, Groundhouse Burger, if we're going to stick to food, in one month did 60 million views. Okay, so that's a lot of views between multiple platforms. I did a whole taste test with Jake Paul. Now, love him or hate him, he's one of the biggest kids on the internet. He drove from Calabasas like a real friend with a squad full of cars, which every single person there had followers and everybody's so into followers and everybody wants to talk loud. I didn't care. I just said, come down and let's have fun. I didn't promote it. I didn't make a big deal about it. Maybe I posted the photo later, but that's my dog. He came down to support me. I look at that as value, as friendship. So people could say anything they want, but the people that support me, support me because we're friends and there's value there. And the value is not monetary. The value is relationship that we look at each so other. I wanna, not, I wanna dig into dollars. that. No, I wanna dig into that. Cause yeah. I think all, all that shit is dope, yeah. right? Like the fact that Jake Paul, literally one of the biggest YouTubers on the planet, will come down to your place. Yeah. Soccer players, biggest in the yeah. world, will come down to your place. But we've also had, and you you mentioned that Groundhouse Burger in, in Cumulative had like 60 million views in one month. Yeah. Like, that's crazy on your content. The yeah. burgers, the fry roulette, yeah. all that shit. But we've also had people on this podcast that have had all that. They've had, they've had 100 million views in a month. Okay. Like a video that we've created has 40 million views and then they're out of business in four months. I'm not wishing that or saying that's happening yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've tasted your food, it's yeah. great. I've also tasted those other restaurateurs' foods and it's amazing as well. So I think mainly, how, how many months in are you? Like nine months into Groundhouse? Seven maybe? months. Seven, seven months, like commendable success, right? Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Is the Burger God and Groundhouse Burger game, like is it important? Obviously, you need money in the door. Yeah. But views don't necessarily equate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if like, I don't know how many people are ordering the Magical Burger. Yeah. I hope more people know about your vegan burger because it's incredible. Absolutely. It's 11 bucks, Absolutely. right? I think there's a lot of value in there. But the views don't mean a restaurant is going to be successful. I totally and is agree that, with you. Is that important to you? No. Listen, I agree with you. I, remember, I, I've... I have run multiple successful paintball parks. It's not all about views. I've had the biggest celebrities come to Hollywood Sports Park. Drake, Justin Bieber, David Beckham. I work with all these guys. You know, they've all supported me. They're amazing people, right? Once you get to know these guys. I'm not saying you need views. I'm not even saying you need influencers. You know, there's mom and pop stores that sell pizza that probably make more money than all my restaurants combined. I'm not saying you need that. I'm just saying in terms of what we're trying to accomplish with our food, because people look at the narrative from the wrong perspective. When you are creating something, are you creating it to make money or are you creating it to draw traffic to your business so then they can discover everything else organically? And is that going to cost you money? How much money would it cost me to advertise that vegan burger and get the same amount of views? There's nothing special about it except the taste because it looks like a delicate, basic, classic burger. So how do you get the vegan burger? It's most interactive engagement with viral concept, with views, with marketing. It would cost you money. Mm-hmm. How did we do it? We use the magical burger to draw people to our place. When they come there and they see the vegan burger there, they see the price point, they buy it. And now they become a loyal customer because they know the quality and the taste. It's all about strategy. It's all about marketing and understanding how to draw people to your place for the least dollar. And so if you're going to do that, you do that with concepts that work on their own. The magical burger works on its own. You don't need a Facebook boost that. You don't need to advertise for that. That is going to get views on its own. When you have a business, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a game plan. People like to shotgun a business. I don't shotgun a business. Everybody looks at it like it's craziness. The magical burger, the fry roulette, these are concepts that draw traffic to the business 
And then in exchange, when people come to the business, they can organically find the menu items that they really want. The classic burger is one of the best burgers you'll ever have. The vegan burger is an amazing burger for the quality and for the taste and for the price. Now, how do you get that views? How do you get that advertising? How do you get that promotion? You draw people in with the concepts that are doing it already on its own. It's all about strategy and business. At what point did you, I'm assuming it might've been a late night thought or just a spark of creativity. How does creativity manifest in you? And when did you know that it was going to be like, it's time to enter the food game. So well, like the origins yeah. of, cause from what we know about Andy and his, he's had multiple concepts, including burger concepts. Not all of them have made it. And so I'm curious about if you want to enter with the food game with Andy, with Irvine, like how does that all come to be? Uh, for me or for in you? general? No, for you. For, for okay. you. Yeah. Um, because why did you decide food and I know you're Got passionate it. about burgers. You've Got explained it. that you're yeah. passionate about burgers, but it's a yeah. different level to be like, oh, now I'm going to own yeah, burger yeah. restaurants. No, 100%. So, so I was actually, and this is a funny story. I was working on a, on a late night concept with Andy, a tea concept that I wanted. I love boba, right? So I was working on Yo, a late- Boba. Boba, Sorry. shout out Boba. Shout out Boba, that's tight. amazing. Boba, boys. <laughs> so I love Boba and I love tea, okay? I don't drink coffee. I don't drink energy drinks because I'll run through a wall with goddamn <laughs> yeah. rhinoceros. You give me a you, Red Bull right now, on. I'm going full speed through this thing like the Incredible Hulk. Ain't no Avenger team coming to save you if I'm on a Red Bull. Don't play with me. Red I Bull, you better cut the checks. I honestly can't imagine. Yeah. Nah, I the, you give me a bang, I will flip this table over right now. Okay, don't play with me right now. Let's stay focused. Okay, Burger God reporting live. So I was working on a late night concept with Andy and, a, and another partner and uh, Michael Wynn. Um, so I was working on, an, uh, on a really dope spot. We were at the last step. We were going to buy three existing tea spots, rebrand them, and I was going to make this thing go nuts. You know, late night parties, all kinds of crazy things that you guys don't even want to know right now because you're going to think I'm nuts. Okay, and you guys I think already think I'm first nuts. First of all, I think that's tight. I think Boba's, yeah. Boba spots are traditionally yes. open later. Yes. So that's so tight. I was, about to, I was about to change the entire game. So one, when you're talking about late night creativity, don't look at trying to make the dollars, what I'm saying. Look at trying to change the game. Sure. Look at trying to leave a legacy. Look at trying to be on a podcast and people saying, damn, you doing something different. I wake up and I'm like, dude, I'm going to do something different today that people are going to talk about and people are going to say, listen, he's thinking outside the box and it's successful. Anybody could be crazy. Putting a thousand post notes on a goddamn Ferrari in the middle of the street and making a vlog video about it ain't crazy. But getting people to fly across the pond to come try a burger is crazy. So that's how I look at it. So, so I was, how did it shift from well go yeah, more so into I was, tea. I was working at it, I was working on this concept. We're ready to buy the all these spots. We're ready to team up. Andy hits me with a late night call. <laughs> I said, I already know this is bad because you don't call me past nine because you got a wife. So I know you at home cuddling watching Netflix when I'm in the club. Ha <laughs> ha. So he calls me late night and I'm like, what it do? Bear. Cause Andy's like very soft spoken. Bear. And I'm like, yeah, Andy. He's like, uh, uh, you, can you talk right now? And I'm like, yeah, Andy. He's like, um, yeah, the T spot, um, it's not going to work. I'm like, Andy, what do you mean it's not oh, going to work? Shit. We've been working on this for three months. The deal's done. We're about to deposit the money. Uh, I'm teaming up with Seven Leaves. I, I got to go, though, because my wife's pregnant. I got to go talk to her or something. Blah, blah, blah. Hangs up the phone on me. That's how short the conversation That's was. That's how short the hold conversation was. Hold on, hold on, was. real quick. That's three months of work. planning, research, work. development, figuring work. out what you're going to do for ASAP. beverage line. ASAP for work, uh, work. How yes. much boba were you having? 
What you researching for I, this? Okay, I don't know if you guys have talked to Andy about this, but on everything, I I went to almost every single boba spot in Orange County in three months. I was going to two to three boba spots a day, every day, ordering everything on the menu. I spent thousands of dollars on boba in the matter of one month. If, and the, the team that I was working on this with, and Andy, you could sit them all in a room and do a lie detector test. I literally ran up so much boba, people have no idea. I've tasted everything. Okay, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And the experience was more than just boba. And believe me, best believe, boba game, tea game, I'm still coming for all of y'all because <laughs> I'm not going to stop till that comes through. All right, so Andy hits me up. I'm like, all right, whatever, Andy, you suck. I don't like you. I'll talk to well, you later. Well, yeah, because what's your reaction? Because if I, I – To mean, be honest, I'm my not... reaction was, all right, it's a, it's another, you know, chalk no it up. Way. Yeah. No way. I mean, but you, you were that? You're, you're, sp- yeah. you're spending thousands of dollars across the Southland trying boba, and someone yeah. says, by the way, I'm going to – I'm gonna work with seven leaves. Yeah, and like, so and he did. Can, he, congrats. And he did. Yeah. And he, and so, he so I said, Andy, you know what? That's fine. Go do your thing. That's cool. You know, we had we didn't have any concepts yet. That was our first interaction with creating something, and I was cool with it. I said, you know what? I'll do it on my own. I don't. I don't need you. Like, I didn't think I needed him. I. I mean, I would want to have worked with him, but I still would have done it without him if I could have done the deal. But I couldn't do that specific deal without him. He needed to be a part of it. So I said, all right, whatever. I'll just do it on my own. It's all good. I kind of like. I think I yelled at him or something. I was like, yo, bro, you suck. And then I hung up the phone. He hung up the phone. We didn't talk for like two months. That was it. So super simple, easy, no bad feelings. Because Oh, that's bad feelings though. You suck, hang up, hang up. A phone call that's yeah, 30 also, minutes long. But you have to realize that I was in a position where I was like, I'm still going to do it. So in my head, I hear you. I'm not even stressing. I'm like, okay, now Andy, you just fueled me because I'm going to smoke you down. And I'll go to war with the. With Do you the ice think cream he guy. missed an opportunity? Because if if you guys don't know, Home Seven Leaves is a huge tea brand, a huge tea brand. Yeah, but Andy's opening them in like Vegas and stuff. Right, right. But were you like, dude, like we're here to change a game? Yeah, and like, you went I, into a game that's already kind of growing yeah, in its own lane. I wanted to do something that was like, in my opinion, it was like the Getty meets like you know One Oak meets Seven Leaves, and it was going to be really, really, really dope. And like, believe me, we were not going to spare any expenses. This thing was going to be insane. And so I was just excited to be like, damn, I'm going to change this game. Like people are going to look at this and be like, this is where I want to go hang out. So I was cool with it. Long story short, I was cool with it. Two months later, he calls me. He's like, Bear, what's good? I'm at my park. <clears throat> I was actually with Drake that day. And I'm at my <laughs> park. I'm like, yeah, what up, Andy? I'm busy. I'm with Drake. I'm at the park. He's at the park. You answer this guy's phone call after he basically screws yes, you out of a guys, business? you have to realize you look even Eli I actually really didn't like Eli but I was like yo come meet me and let's just talk I don't care like I don't have hard feelings I'm a blessed dude I have a great family like things happen that don't go your way I've been through ups and downs personally with different people with relationships that I don't look at life like that like it's gonna just come back one way or another like I try not to stress like I try not to get mad I try not to kind of like dwell on a certain situation I can't control it I practice what I preach I just leave it alone okay okay so he to be so, so you're so like he calls me back and you, i if i were you yeah. i would expect to never get a call from a guy that i almost did business with because that no, first I, that we, first we bridge that was call broken before we hung up we ended that call with yo like i, I know you have to go do this because there was some other reasons why andy took that seven leaves deal so i was like i know you have to go do this go do your thing and I was like, whatever, peace. Did you Hung think up. you would come back and do anything with him, or were you just kind of? Like, I always knew one day I was going to work with Andy because even in my, then, after, yes, after in my that. mind, I always know I'm going to get what I want because I don't stop till I get what I want. I always wanted that, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm not. I'm saying that in a positive affirmation way. Like I'm going to keep going and attacking till I get what I want. 
Like I, I have a lot of that like energy to just keep at it, you know? And I think that that's what helps me succeed in life. Like I, I don't let my losses affect me. I always chalk up my losses as like a learning experience. Like who cares? It doesn't count. I feel like you know a lot of people though. Yeah. So like why? And I, again, yeah. Andy, talented dude, yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. But like you're with Drake. Let me explain. Why you would you pick up? Let me explain. An entrepreneur from Orange County's call. Like again, Afters Ice Cream is a great brand. You're with Drake. If you don't practice what you preach, you are a fraud. And I am the farthest thing from a fraud. I have no, I had no hard feelings with him. I know why he had to take that deal. I said, take your deal, do your thing. I always wanted to work with Andy because I was in love with Afters when it first came out. Mm. I used to eat there every day. I was fat. You know what I'm saying? I was thick. We had a lot of trim around me that could have come off. But I always wanted to work with him. So long story short, I don't want to dwell on this situation, but he calls me and he's like, yo, I got this opportunity for us to buy this spot, this lease, take it over, rebrand, make something dope. Are you interested in doing burgers with me? I said, Andy, I am the burger god. I will do whatever you want to do with burgers. Let's go in on this. Let's take over the game. He goes, I have an amazing chef we can get, Chef Fernando. I go, bro, bring him in. So it's me, Chef Fernando, Andy. We run it up. And that's how the story went down. Wow. How hot, what, so what, what challenges did you have opening this, this bad boy up? It can't have all been, obviously it's 10 out of 10, but I mean, people want to know. People for, need to know. Okay, like, like I'm going to be honest with you. What challenges? Okay, well, we need a rebrand, so we need logos. We need what was it? Was it Groundhouse or was it something else? No, it was else? just a stall. It was just, some, it was so just I'm a like, stall. Okay, okay, so we need, we need to rebrand, right? We need a story. We need a concept. We need to obviously come up with logos. We need to kind of recreate the menu. We need to fine-tune items. We need people to come eat it, try it, taste it. We need to create our own lane. The burger game is very oversaturated. You could go to Wendy's and get seven burgers for 88 cents. So, I mean, there's so many things you can do in the burger game. So, obviously, we need to be in our own lane. And we need to have a storyline. At the same time, we need to have a plan. Like, I didn't get in the burger game to do one burger restaurant. I got in the game to do 20 of these. Like, I want to go big. How are we going to scale from one? Okay, let's go back to the drawing boards. My ups and downs of starting this restaurant were not the daily operations, because that's easy if you know how to operate a business. The operations of how to scale, because you don't do things for the small game. I do things for the big game, long term. So I'm okay with putting in money. I'm okay with investing for the long-term goal, which was completely okay with me. And then you go back to the drawing boards as a team, Chef Fernando, myself, Andy, you sit down and you figure out how are you gonna scale this? What do you need to scale? And how can you successfully scale with quality, taste, and experience being the same? Burger God can't be at every single ground house every day. And the brand can't live just off Burger God. So Burger God's energy, Burger God's persona, Burger God's excitement, and the things I love about my brand need to be in my food. Hence the fry roulette. Hence the magical burger. Hence the jingle burger. Hence the bless up burger. Hence the Halloween burger. Hence every single thing that I hence right now that dropped every single month since we opened that everybody loved, which is all a goddamn 10 out of 10. Don't play with me. You know what it is. In the food media spectrum, Food Beast is definitely on the side of the spectrum yeah. that would that does cover more internet vira virality foods, okay. right? So for a long time, Eli and I, and still to this day, whether major food publications kind of sidestep us and kind of call us a blog uh -huh. or the fact that we don't do reviews or that we aren't food critics or we don't have a glossy magazine. These are all things that we've kind of grown up criticism wise. Okay. But in the food media scape, have we covered a rainbow pizza? We have um, when we thought when it tasted good. And I think that's something where 
because we sit on that side of the spectrum, there's this whole other side of the spectrum, traditional food media, that at least we get the marketing. Like we get it yeah, and yeah. we support it. There's another side, right? Savour, food and wine, probably publications you don't give a fuck about, to be honest, because we barely give a fuck about them too. But they also will come at your concept and local publications can come at your concept. Is that something that you're, you want because of the attention? You so, mean like the smoke from these guys? Exactly. I've had I'm, smoke from everybody. Smoke don't affect me. Burger I know. Does, thrives bear, on smoke. I, I know. I know that. I know you've you've very much yeah. so established that you thrive yeah. off smoke. But I'm just saying, like as a person, yeah. Like Eli and I are very confident in what we do. We yeah. present food beast to the best of our abilities. But that doesn't mean we have our own insecurities about the business or ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, as much as we don't read all of the hate. When we do, like, I feel some type of way about it. Yeah, let me explain this to you. As a kid, I grew up as, like, one of the youngest professional paintball players ever. My dad owned the parks. I've experienced all the hate you can hate. I was in an Xbox video game at 14. I was on the front cover of paintball magazines. I was traveling around the world playing in the dopest events in Malaysia and, and China. I mean, uh, Thailand and, like, England and Germany and, like, bro, everywhere you can imagine. So it's, like, for me, my whole experience with comments on the Internet, I never looked twice. Like if, if you were to put the magical burger on like insider food or something like that, or, or food beast on, on Facebook, that's going to get millions of views. Half of that's going to be like, this is disgusting. This right. is bad. Who cares? Keep watching and keep running up my views. I do not care. When people talk loud about me in my comments, I do not care. I am so comfortable with who I am now in my state of life. I'm 28 years old. I'm completely confident of the person I am. The person I am to my friends, the person I am to your family. If you judge someone based on the appearance, based off how they look, based off what that person does for a living, you're judging them based off some sort of character you know nothing about. I don't judge people. I could care less. When I have an issue with someone, I go straight face to face. I don't talk to nobody about that issue. I squash it. I handle it. I move on. I don't look at this negativity. When people want smoke with my concept, yes, everything I do could be better. Yes, not everything I do is a 10 out of 10 in terms of business. I might have failures. Right? But you will never know that. This is some rap shit. This is some new age You will YouTube never know shit. that. The only thing you will know from me is the positivity that I'm trying to bring to what I'm doing, the game that I'm in, and how great my products are. Because if they're underneath my belt, they better be a 10 out of 10. And so you were talking about the bear at night off social media. It's the same energy. I don't get off social media. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm posting uh, okay. stories even in my bed. Right. I'm but, ranting with no shirt off for the girls. <laughs> like, look at the traps. You are on social media all the time, at least with what I've seen. Mm -hmm. But I mean, do you allow yourself to have insecurity at Listen, all? I'm not perfect. Like, I'm not Aquaman. I know you're not I'm perfect. not like I'm some not saying, Wonder Woman. I'm not like Superman but or the, Batman. That's but, why we're asking. Yeah. But, but like but social media is the is, vessel to pre present perfection. But when you say insecurities, are you talking? Okay. You want to talk social media real quick? Let's talk social media real quick. Social media has gotten people under the influence that perfect is the norm. Totally. And unperfect is not good. And that if you are not perfect in looks and appearance and the car you drive and the house you live in, that you are losing at life. It has destroyed society. People are buying houses using rooms they don't even need. People are buying cars they can't afford. People are leasing watches to look good in meetings. People are wearing their worth because they want to look good. I don't play by those rules. If I got a car, I paid for it cash. If I got a watch, I paid but for it cash. But you don't have to play those, but by those rules. what I'm saying is, let me explain to you. What I'm trying to explain is that's called faking the funk. You don't fake the funk in life. 
So I've gone to a point in my life that I've, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I haven't done things like that. I'm not saying I haven't tried to flash. I'm not saying I haven't messed up, but I've had so many mess ups. I've had so many experiences that have taught me the right from wrong on my own and learned in my own lane that I'm okay with being loud. I'm okay with being my own person. I'm okay with staying in my lane, displaying this product and letting someone talk about it. As long as you bought that, I'm happy. I'm okay with being in my own game, in my own element, being my own person. I don't, there's no end of game for me. There's no play by these rules. There's no skin and I'm back in. You know what I mean? Like I don't play by everyone's rules and that's what's allowed me. That's like my superpower is that I don't care. I care what my friends and family think about me. I care what my people that I really care about think about me. I make sure never to hurt them. I make sure that the people around me are all eating and everybody at my table is fed and I'm good. Anything other than that, anything outside of my bubble, I don't care. Someone comes to my park that's a celebrity, you're going to get taken care of. You're going to have the same experience as someone came to my park that just spent $60 at. You guys are both going to have fun. It doesn't matter to me. Everybody gets treated the same. You come hang out with me at Groundhouse Burger, every single day I'm on Snapchat, I'm on Instagram, talking with people that ordered my food. These are normal people. So don't how, tell me the how game do you, about... If you, if you had to like give advice to a restaurateur or an entrepreneur yeah. who like doesn't have resources, yeah. like you're coming out the game, imagine like... Hundred you know, percent. You know, how, what kind of advice could you give them? Listen, Not, you don't I think even have you can, to say less. What you need to realize in business, any business, not even restaurant tour game, but specifically for food, everybody has a network. Your cousins, your local gym manager, the person you're at school with, your teacher, your principal, those are content creators. Those are influencers. They're micro influencers. Stop looking at the game so macro. People need to break down what they are. If you don't have resources, if you don't have a network, you start small and you build. Your principal turns into the district principal. District principal turns into maybe there's someone they're working with for an after school program that then comes to your place and eats a healthy meal, which is some sort of celebrity or fitness athlete. Everybody has the ability to DM. Don't tell me you're going to bed without some sort of athlete that you didn't dm or some sort of celebrity you couldn't dm or some sort of local influencer you couldn't dm you could dm a thousand people a day until someone answers okay everybody has the same time in the day it's how hard you want to work you have these networks around you whether they're micro or macro that you can utilize for anything you want your local gym manager will bring you more people day to day per day per door per kappa than a macro influencer because those are local people in that area that want to eat so you go to your gym manager and you say, listen, I want you to bring 20 of your people. I'm going to feed all of them. You're going to get fed. All they got to do is let people know about my business. Each one of those per people, if they have a good experience, is guaranteed to bring you one or two people. You just doubled your business that month. Chalk that up as a marketing expense. Strategy is important. Strategy is important. You do not go into business without strategy. You need to look at strategy on your block, on your city, on your state, and then nationwide. Start small, go big. People want the entire pie because that's what Instagram's telling them they need it. You do not need to lease a Ferrari if you do not own a house. And you do not need to own a house if you do not have a job. You need to make sure that you stay in your lane and you strategize for everything you do in life. That's actually an interesting strategy. I haven't, like, no I one think, talks about I that think on that's Instagram. ingenious, actually. Because yeah. it's like, you, and again, it's not like you're showing off talking to the local manager at fucking 24-hour fitness and sending them to Groundhouse. But, but you start, but you're but doing you start it. somewhere. But but guys, guys, I did do that with my paintball parks. I did start small. My paintball parks do 500,000 customers a year. That was hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's a family-owned business. We had to invest ourselves. We had to work ourselves. We had to make sure that the customers that are coming there enjoy themselves. Hollywood Sports, SC Village, Giant San Diego, all up and down Southern California. 
It's about taking care of the people that take care of you. I have so many sponsored players that take care of me at the park because I take care of them. They came to my grand opening. They came and showed support. It's about utilizing anything you have and giving back to them. Value goes both ways. So it's like everybody has resources. It's how you tap into them. And what are they? It's, it's how you characterize and categorize your resources in terms of business. I think that was a good, that's a good point because a lot of people, when they heard you were on, they sent me DMs. They're like, well, how does he like get celebrity there? Like he's obviously yeah. paying. There's criticism. People need to stop focusing on the celebrity thing. That's just from years of partying around the world and having fun and interacting with these people, creating merch brands with these people. If you want to get there, you can get there. DM a local celebrity and say, hey, I want to intern for you. When you're in the booth recording, I'll bring you water. I'll go get your food. Start there. Like everybody wants this one all catch all master game plan answer. It's not going to happen. It's called grinding and working. I'm 28. I've been working since I was 16. You put in those years and then you can get whatever you want. Same thing. Same concept. It, do you also see kind of a proliferation of the amount of friends and influence that you have because of one, your energy? And it sounds like at least in previous interviews, like nightlife is a big deal. Going out is a big deal. Being with other people, even though you don't drink, don't smoke. yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like you're constantly running. I would imagine you would be constantly running into new people and developing new relationships yeah, yeah. because of. In a previous podcast, you just said, you said you sound you just say yes, right? When people like they invite you to a game, they invite you to a club, they, yeah. whatever you say yes, yeah. And that's a magnetism where when you say yes a lot, people have your back a lot, yeah. And I think that's something that yeah. I've noticed and not only with myself, but friends, when you say yes to people, regardless of their social stature, but if you say yes to an invite from them, they're going to say yes when you invite them back. 100%. I mean, if you watch me on my social media, on my Instagram, and I'm not even trying to plug, but you'll see my day starts off in Pasadena, and then I'm in San Clemente, and then I'm in Irvine, and then I'm in Santa Ana, and then I'm back to Bellflower, my paintball park, then I'm home to work out, then I'm in the gym, then I go see my family, and then I'm in Hollywood at night, and then I'm on Sunset Boulevard, then I'm at an after party, then I'm maybe at Barry's eating pizza, figuring out my next endeavor, and then I'm back home at 4 a.m., and it restarts the next day. And it's not like this is one or two days in a row. This has been years in the making. This is just how I live my life. I've got accustomed to enjoying the, the rapidness of everyday life, like, you know, going with the flow and not just fighting everything and kind of just enjoying myself in the moment. You know, I don't look at tomorrow. I, re I mean, it sounds cliche, but tomorrow will come and tomorrow I'll figure out my agenda for tomorrow. Today, I'm going to enjoy myself, you know, and that's what it is. I'm going to go around. I'm going to see the people I want to see, hang out with the people I want to hang out with. You know, if someone is always supporting me. Why can't I go to their birthday? Why can't I go to their house? Why can't I check up on them? How many people listening to this podcast wake up in the morning and text the top 10 people in their life just to check up on them? Hey, what's up? This is Bear. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You need to talk about anything? No, I'm straight. Go. Keep going on with your life. Keep crushing. How many? I do that once a week. I want to make sure all my people know I'm caring and thinking about them because they do the same for me. If I ask them to drive three hours from LA to come eat a burger or come play paintball or wear my hoodie that's going in Urban Outfitter, go through my pages. Look at the support. That's family. That's friendship. That's not money. That's not monetary. That's real value. 40 years from now, when I'm old, I got three girls and a hot little trophy wife from Italy, preferably Napoli. I'm going to be at home barbecuing <laughs> and I'm going to have all these people still in my life. Are you going to have the same people that you're hanging out with every night at the bar still in your life when you're barbecuing when you're 40 years old with a hot trophy wife and three little kids and a girl, preferably from Napoli? Maybe not. Where do you get this energy, dude? This is my energy. This is me, bro. There's but no like, like from a kid why, though. From a kid, you have guys, you always had it? Yeah, I've always been crazy. 
I've always been enjoying myself. This is why I told you don't introduce me with that nonsense rapper. Because that's not me. I'm me. I'm Barry Jeter. I'm the burger guy. Don't compare me to nobody. And, and we respect that. Because yeah, amen. I think once you came to us. little sisters. They're amazing. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you on that. I have conversations with Eli about social media all the time. Yeah. He's done a social media cleanse. Mm-hmm. We know that, that when yeah, I went off social media for 30 days. That's crazy. You need yeah. to stop. <laughs> you need no, to seriously. Stop. It was wild. And it was wild. Why though? And, we'll, and we have conversations also, about the media effects of what people see with the content that we produce and how that changes expectations with food, right? So food can be really amazing, but one of the negative effects that I feel like we've had as Food Beast is if it doesn't look amazing, Mm. it's not worth your money. And that's a really big shift in perception from even 10 years ago before IG, like food didn't have to look a certain way, it only had to taste a certain way. I agree with you. So there's some negative effects that you've discussed that we can discuss. You you just mentioned that social media is killing us. Yeah. How do you how do you reconcile being such an active participant in social yeah, yeah. media and at the same time also know that it's killing society? What what people need to realize when I say killing society, it's killing society in terms of how it's educating the youth. Okay? People that are already my age, your age, how old are you? 31. How old are you? 30. Okay. How old are you? Okay, so we grew up in an age, and I, and I like to explain this to everybody. I just went to England for the day to do a, a big lecture to all the paintball park operators in England on how to grow their business with new marketing tools and digital strategies. And one thing I explained to everybody in the room is based off your age, I went through high school without social media. I exited high school with social media, Facebook in specific. I interacted with people on the playground. I interacted people without iPads. I interacted in high school sports where you didn't keep stats or have video content in dugouts or in the locker room. What then people have to realize is towards my exit of high school, social media became so heavy on society in terms of validating what you're doing in life that kids are raised on now thinking every fit they have has to be shown. Every success they have has to be shown. Everything they have has to be shown. And I'm not saying I don't do that in certain ways. But I do mine more for marketing. What people need to realize is social media is educating the youth now, thinking that everything they do needs to be validated via physical content that's viewable, likable, shareable. Likes are a determination of your value. And what it has done is it destroyed society in terms of how kids operate daily. Because if they're going to go somewhere and they don't have their phone, they'd rather not go. Because who are they going to Snapchat when they're there and let people know they went? But that's that's my question, right? Is because there's... There's probably 10,000 10-year-old kids looking at your profile, seeing you next, seeing you at the Laker Clipper game last My feet night. Don't touch the floor, I don't court, show up. Courtside. And look, I get it. Like yeah. I get that your brand and your energy yeah. is fun for yeah. social media. But when a kid says, "Here's if my feet don't touch the floor, I don't like, show up." Yeah, right. It's, say it again. No. But like that's that's a cra- that's part of the education that we're giving. Absolutely. And but my education, if someone wants to ask me why, is because I'm going to spend the money I work hard on, 16 hours a day, so I could sit courtside and say what up to my boy Coos or Zoo or Luke Walton, the coach or whoever it may be. I, I, I'm doing that so I could go there and see friends or hang out with people, and I can have the best experience I want. Just like when I serve a magical burger to you, I want you to have the best experience you want. I, it's not like I can't reward myself. Now, if I was sitting here all day asking for investments, asking for money, begging people to come in and help me grow, then yes, I can't be saying if my feet don't touch the floor, I don't show up. But you see the burger god shoes. 
and the burger god shoes only hit hardwood, baby. They only hit hardwood, baby. Come on, shout out Kickstarter well, Domus for the well, burger god shoes. That's a good point because you asked why I went on social media yeah. cleanse is because I was sitting upstairs with four of my closest friends. At the Ducks game? No, I was fucking, no, we don't all sit upstairs in the fucking box seats or on the floor with you. Like, <laughs> I was sitting in a house. Okay. I was sitting in a house, all four of my buds, and we're all looking down at our fucking phones. Yeah. Right? And I, in that moment, I looked around. One is an actor. One is a lawyer. And I was like, why the fuck are we on our phones? We're right here together. And it was just in that moment. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use social media for 30 days. Okay. You guys in? They were all in, but they all had questions, right? One is an actor. He has to put up his face. He has to let people know he's still fucking in the game. He has to update Instagram. I was like, why? What did actors do before you? And then I looked at myself. I was like, my whole business is predicated on sharing stories via social media. So I was like, you know what? I almost didn't do the cleanse because I was like, I have to now talk to my business partners about me not being on social media. And then I, like, can I, can my, will my business fail tomorrow? I was like, fuck that. Why do I have to depend on Instagram or Facebook? I went off everything. I'll, it's funny. I'll even talk about it further. I didn't want to be defined by Instagram or Facebook. So I was like, fuck it. I'll figure it out tomorrow. We all turned off our phones, fucking put them in a Ziploc bag and just stopped. We just stopped. It was hard for the first day. And I deleted YouTube. I deleted Instagram. I deleted Twitter. What I didn't delete, I didn't know I fucking needed to delete it until I was taking a shit. Is Venmo. Open up Venmo because I'm so thirsty for what <laughs> everyone else is doing that I found myself on Venmo looking at it and it's a feed. Now you it's got issues. Feed, right? I mean, we all have those yeah. issues. I'm yeah. not special here. Like, yeah. And so do you think you could operate without social media for 30 days? Here, here's the question I'm going to ask. And you, like you use acting for an example. Yeah. I would say one of the greatest actors of all time is Will Smith. Agree or disagree? Sure. Yeah, okay. I agree. Will Smith never wanted a social media handle, never mm -hmm. wanted Instagram, mm -hmm. okay? I, I, I use this as an example just to give you where I think of this, not okay. maybe where, I'm not saying I'm maybe entirely correct. I'm just telling you my point of view on this. Will Smith later on came out with an Instagram, with an amazing campaign, started heavy with a full content team, and the reasoning behind this is he says, lost in translation, right? There is a generation of kids growing up that may not have experienced Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, may not have experienced Muhammad Ali, the movie, may not have experienced the glory of what Will Smith is as an actor, as a person, as, as a humanitarian. And what Will Smith did is use social media as a way to interact and touch an audience he's never seen. Now, do I use social media as a family-friendly tool to interact with my cousins, which I have 40 of? No, I have group chats, a text message. Do I use it to talk to my parents? No, I, t I call my parents. Okay. I don't even like texting people. I still, I call people for everything. I FaceTime you all the time. Yeah. I text you and you call me back. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I like texting. I Everyone like hates that. I love it. I love the exchange. I love the dialogue. So back to Will Smith. He uses this as a tool. So I'm not saying social media is bad if you're using it as a tool to build your brand. But I will tell you this. My paintball parks were considered the number one paintball parks in the world. And 50% of our marketing is still hand to hand. It's paper, it's brochure, it's in the trenches, it's still letting people know that we're active and we care. It's not built off social media. If Facebook and Instagram were to die tomorrow, my business would still succeed because revenue streams don't come from views. Revenue streams come from people coming through your door. So if you can have people activate, then people need to come through that door to spend money, then you have a successful campaign. But you could have all the views in the world, like you said, 
and make zero dollars. Now, what would you rather have, a successful, healthy business or a business that's considered the most viral business on the internet? Because there's plenty of YouTubers and there's plenty of Instagram kids that have millions of followers and share a three-bedroom house, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, with 10 kids in it, with someone sleeping in the closet. They're all sharing Brita filter water, you know what I'm saying? They're all at home eating pizza, you know what I'm saying? They're not living this life they're showing. Why? They have millions of followers. They have crazy subscriber count. Because it doesn't translate all the time. Translation is key, right? Mm. It's like understanding someone's appearance, understanding someone's persona versus understanding someone's character. It's the translation of how you look at things and then how do you react on your own. So I'm not saying your cleanse is bad. Maybe people do need to get off social media for the weekend and realize they don't need it to live. Yeah, because I will tell you this. When you break a habit the first time, it's the hardest. But after that, it always becomes easier. So maybe everybody should have a a breakdown where they go two or three days a month without social media and realize that you don't need it and have real interaction. 90% of the kids now growing up in kindergarten, first grade, second grade are on the playground with iPads playing Fortnite than on the playground pushing each other on the swing. They're at home on their couch playing on the iPads instead of in the streets riding bicycles learning how to do willies. I was chopping it up meek millie style when I was growing (laughs) up. Okay, I wasn't sitting on iPad because they weren't invented. So what people need to realize is it's people and generations are growing up differently and it's how are they interacting with social media is who's raising them. So, and it, and it boils down to that. Yeah. Beer. And I, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say like, yeah, for me, my social media cleanse was to understand my relationship with it. Love I needed, it. I needed to do that Love to it. understand like, cool. Like I, what I, what I didn't feel comfortable with and I hundred percent understand the value of social media. So yeah. I don't think it's inherently bad. Um, but it was the idea that I am tethered to something Yeah. for 10 you're hours a day. You're dependable on it. Yeah. 10 hours a day. Yeah. I'm tethered to it. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, you could check, sorry to interrupt. You could check how long you're on a phone, right? Mm-hmm. Usage time. time. Screen well, time. now that's, I think people are installing, bigger companies are installing this because they have a fucking guilt towards it. Like Instagram now has this thing where it tells me when I've been on for eight hours minutes. a day. Yeah. Dude, eight hours a day. Like I'm you, on my phone eight hours a day. You, with your energy and your skill set yeah. and your stamina, imagine you put that eight hours a day into something 100%, else. 100%, 10 times more successful. But the problem is people don't realize is social media is part of the business now. Sure. Love it or it hate it. It definitely is. So there's, is. No, there's no going back on that. And now it's just trying to educate people, educate myself. Every day I'm learning. Every, I, I'm not a guru. I don't know everything. I don't say I have all the answers. I'm trying to get better every day. I'm trying to learn myself. I'm trying to become better. I'm trying to understand the people around me, right? The world I live in. Social media is not going anywhere. So learn how to navigate with it in your life. Yeah. And that's what I learned walking away from it. I was like, cool. What did I do next day at work at a company where everyone is on it and they need it to do their job? I was quarterbacking more. Yeah. Like I I was more efficient at my job, taking social media out of it and then trying to teach and work with other people on, hey, 100%. okay, go on Instagram because we need to tell this one story. Do 100%. it for 30 minutes. Do it for 30 yeah. minutes and get off. Yeah. Get off. I mean, Groundhouse Burger is built on social media. Groundhouse Burger is the most disruptive burger brand in the game because we use social media to our advantage. It's about sharing the interactions every day that happen at our place. Listen, we are fun. We are creative. But at the same time, there is so much life that happens at our restaurant every day. It is a party. Groundhouse Burger is a house party. It is a full experience, 10 out of 10 experience. Every single day, people are coming there to eat, have fun, laugh, enjoy, talk. Maybe they're going to see someone else. You can't get that experience anywhere else. Chuck E. Cheese used to have it when I was growing up. 
Sizzlers used to have to, then they got rid of the all-you-could-eat buffet. People used to have it, and now they don't. Now, Groundhouse Burger is here to fill the void. 10 out of 10 on any scale. But is there a line between confidence and cocky yes. for you? Like, yes, and what and I think I tether it very, very <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Everybody always likes to say this, but listen, at the end of the day, once you get to know me, you realize it's not that I'm trying to be cocky or arrogant or, or uh, you know, obnoxious. It's just sometimes I get a little too excited. But I enjoy myself, and I'm very confident in everything I do. I will live and die by the sword. I will burn the bridge behind me, and I will look forward and never look back, and I'm okay with that. Because if I fail, I know I could do it all over again. So I, I'm okay with that. But that, yes, the, the line between cockiness and confidence, it's a, I'm here. It's a blurry one. I'm right there, boys. How but I try not to be cocky. I really don't. Did you get kick, kicked out of ComplexCon? Yo, shout out ComplexCon one time. Shout <laughs> what out happened? Burger. ComplexCon is an interesting story. So Ronald wanted smoke with me. I didn't start this war. He did. So, and by Ronald, you mean McDonald's. Ronald McDonald, the mascot yeah. of McDonald's. Yeah. So he sees the burger god. He starts chirping, right? They start talking a little loud. I said, what like you Like in got person or like who? Then we'll talk about that later. So <laughs> he starts chirping and I'm like, listen, you need to know. I am willing to live and die by my brand. Are you? Right? Look him straight in the eyes. Are you? Who? I don't know who Ronald, you're talking to. Ronald. <laughs> like Ronald. a mascot? No idea. Ronald. We'll talk about it later. So, <laughs> so Ronald wants smoke with Bear to GDO, a.k.a. the Burger God. So my boys at Groundhouse Burger, my team, they tell me, listen, are you going to go to war? Go to war, but make sure you got weapons. Make sure you're ready. Not physical weapons, theoretical weapons, weapons of words, wisdom. So I said, I'm ready to rock. Let's get this smoke. So I go to ComplexCon. And I set up Groundhouse Burger. I dropped the Ferrari in the food court. Y'all saw the Testarossa. Y'all saw how we get down wrapped. Magical burger on the hood. Everybody taking photos, having fun. Okay. McDonald's hears that Groundhouse Burger is coming to ComplexCon. And McDonald's booth was dope. I'm not going to lie. It was huge. Right? It was like the biggest booth there. So I'm in the McDonald's booth. Ha, ha, ha. Doing my thing. Everybody's having fun. I got camera crews everywhere. All of a sudden, I accidentally knock over a whole bunch of stands. <laughs> accidentally accidentally shout out to my attorneys accidentally <laughs> knocked over five stands so all the stands start come crashing like an avalanche i came in like a wrecking ball shout out miley Sash. so i come in boom everything falls on the floor security earpieces off-duty cops i'm seeing straps ready to rock i go oh i'm oh, done shit. this is it this is my day has come i finally got caught up and they got me burger god's out so i'm like this like take me out but let let my people know i did it for them so I'm like this, and they're like, nah, nothing, you good. You know, ComplexCon is the dopest event in the world. So they're like, nah, you straight, just go back to the food court, like First We Feast Lagoon, and, and stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? This is McDonald's. These are the big boys. So, oh, these are the big boys. Okay, now we have smoke. So I went, and I went back to my booth, and I said, listen, McDonald's is causing a little chaos. A lot of things fell. I don't know what happened. So <laughs> McDonald's tries to kick me out of ComplexCon. I didn't get kicked out of ComplexCon. I went back to the Groundhouse Burger booth, and we had lines around the block every day. We sold out of our, our collab burger with Pink Dolphin that was called the Legendary Burger. The first day we sold out, we did 300 of those burgers. What was that burger? It was, was a, burger? like a magical burger-style burger, but we used a, a garlic aioli, teriyaki okay. aioli. We used like an American cheese. Um, we had a cool, unique bun that matched the tie-dye collab shirt that we mm -hmm. did. Uh, no lettuce, just the cheese, like a really classic burger. Um, and tomato that you could get and then grilled onions. 
And then we dipped our bun in our, in our nice little sauce that made everybody love it. Next thing you know, we have a line around the block. Becky G's eating with me. Nikki Diamonds. We have all the dope people made in Tokyo. Like, bro, I, you'd look at my Instagram. We shut that whole thing down. And our line was literally around the block at ComplexCon. Two days in a row. I love ComplexCon. I love the people that supported. If you're listening and you were at, at ComplexCon, thank you for helping us launch Groundhouse Burger. That was our first event we ever did. And it was lit. And shout out Pink Dolphin for the collab and believing in me. That's a huge streetwear brand. Yeah. Stores in Fairfax, San Francisco. They were like, yo, we'll team up with you. A lot of other big brands were, were hollering at them to try to get collabs for ComplexCon. And they were like, no, we'll go with Bear. We believe in him. And we sold out both days. And our shirts were $60 a team. We sold out of all the t-shirts. Shout out to the merch game. Ha! Are there... Is there a limit? Wait one sec. I want to say thank you to ComplexCon. And under no circumstances or way was I trying to insult McDonald's. Everything fell over by accident. All right, continue. <laughs> how many... You're a creator. Yeah. How many businesses, how many brands is too much? For to, me, none. And that's so, like probably so one of my it, biggest issues. So... Yeah, because that's what I'm getting at. Because at some point, one brand, one business will take from the other just because you are, you've established on this podcast, you are a, you, there's one bear. Okay. Right? Yeah. There's no one else like you. You could have employees, you could have teams, which you do at your parks uh, for the various businesses that you have. None of them are you. None of them can replicate this energy. None of them okay. can replicate your strategy. Yeah. So does so is there is no limit and if so does that mean there's a constant revolving amount of projects depending on your interest level? Yeah, I mean right now I'm on like 30 to 40 projects. I would say around. Jesus. Yeah, I have multiple clothing brands, multiple parks, events, um a lot of food stuff. I have more food stuff in the works. I have things outside of paintball, outside of clothing, outside of food. Um I have other things on the side. I mean, yeah, I'm in a lot. Every day I'm touching 30 to 40 things. I'm for sure looking at 30 to 40 Instagram, Facebooks, and Twitters every day and around 15 YouTube accounts every day. So for me, it's just time management, right? I, I go get lunch. I sit at Bear Flag. I sit at Portside Fish Co. Beautiful. Or I sit at Groundhouse Burger by myself in my zone. I put on my AirPod, shout out to the Light Flex, and I just sit there. I pop open my laptop. I get on my phone. I get my work done. I get back down to business, which is enjoying my life. I go through the steps, checklist. Listen, time management is key, but it's even better when it's physical. So I physically, one, one key that I use as an entrepreneur, as someone that's in business for myself is I write down notes. I probably have five, 6,000 notes. Every idea, everything I got, checklist, bullet points, letting myself know, hey, I need to get back to that at some point. I have whiteboards all over my office. My dad was like a huge believer in whiteboards. So all our walls are whiteboards and every idea goes on the wall. It doesn't come off, doesn't get erased till it's done. So we have ideas on there that were six years old that are on a corner of the wall. We have calendars that go three years deep. So like my dad's calendars for his projects and events, is, it's all the way till 2021. And we already have a kind of a game plan on how we're operating within our parks and our events. Everything is time management. And I also don't sleep. I go to bed at like two, three. I wake up at six every day. It's my automatic alarm clock. And there's nothing I can do. Shout out to my goose feathers and Egyptian 100 thread con calendar sheets. <laughs> And do you not sleep? Have you never been able to sleep? Is yeah, that I never, something yeah, that, yeah, like as a little like, kid? Yeah, as a little kid. Like, that shit worry you as a little kid? You're like, fuck, man. No, I, I couldn't no, sleep I as a kid. Up, and it, I get hot Cheetos. I watch Netflix. I watch the Pixar documentary. I get inspired. I start getting on my phone. Next thing I know, Groundhouse Burger is here. Who wants it? Is there, is there also a limit? Because of the limit of time, is there a limit on the amount of friendships that you can have? Or Listen, is that a similar a premise? Really, a really big, like, 
it's so weird to call someone like a like a mentor or like someone that you look up to when you never met him, but someone that I loved looking at to just for how he thought, how he presented, how he lectured, how he created was Steve Jobs. And one thing I always loved about Steve Jobs is that if you think about it in retrospect, he created a device that people became billionaires off of. Apps, Facebook, Instagrams, WhatsApp, Vines, YouTubes. He created a resource that allowed you to FaceTime people. I could talk to my family in Italy. He created something that changed people's lives. And he used to do it with multiple rules to his life. I only speak to five friends. You know, I only work on one project at a time. I have multiple teams. Each project gets a certain amount of time with me. All these things that accumulate to how he workflowed, right? And he mastered his workflow so he could change everybody else's life, okay? Now, how he was as a person to his friends or his family, it's a whole nother story. Strictly business. I look at my life like you can never have too many friends, okay? That's one. Two is I don't have a really good relationship with him, but I've eaten food with him. We've talked. We're cool. That's my friend. Talking about producer is he. Okay. So same with Eli. It's my friend. I don't really know you, but I'm sure we'll be friends, okay? So the word friend is commonly misused, right? A friend is just someone you could talk to on a first name basis that you know, right? That's okay. Close friends, people I'm checking up on, people that I'm going to drive at midnight to go make sure they're good, people I'm sending Postmates to when they're sick, best friends, family. You can never have too many of them because the more people you have in your corner, the bigger and better your confidence and the bigger and better your goals and dreams can be because you know you have a a team behind you. You got an army behind your back. Huh? You got an army behind your back. Yeah. When I read something negative on the internet, I'm like, bro, does that affect me? I'm going to dinner tonight with a 10 out of 10 at Nobu. Practically pay their mortgage. I eat there so much. Do you think I care what you say about me? I tried to cancel it out with this energy I have that supports me. And the energy that supports me is always enough to help me fight the fight. So no, I don't think you can have too many friends. Can you have too many close friends that you're constantly checking up on and making time? One of my close friends, JJ, the little jefe, he used to run the Palms. He lives in Monarch. Big, big Big part of my life. I've known him since I was 14 years old. He used to run the Palms Casino, Sacramento Kings. He's basically with the, the front man for the Maloofs. And he's taught me so much over the years. And he always was like, you know, one of his favorite quotes is eagles don't fly with seagulls. Like, yeah, if you have people in your life that are detrimental and that are negatively impacting you and that are causing toxic environment vibes, like really causing you to fall behind in life, then yeah, you don't need those type of people in your life. Okay. I'm a big believer in that. I grew up that way. If someone in my life I have an issue with and I confront, we squash it and then there's still an issue, I just won't even bring it up again. Since Eli and me squashed our beef and the Food Beast team joined with Groundhouse and we became one family, I post Eli once a day on my story just to let him know I love him. <laughs> it is weird, but you fucking do that. What the hell? And I repost at least two to three things Food Beast a week. I'll go back and re-screenshot your stuff and then repost it like you just posted it. Shout out to 101 Marketing on Instagram. That's what's up. Uh, I was going to start the podcast off with this, but I almost want to end it because I like, I like the full circle it came. Bear, remember the OC yeah, Weekly the article? Yeah, at the end of the day, OC Weekly wrote an amazing article about <laughs> me as like this larger than life restaurant tour that's taking over Santa Ana. And then one dude comes and he has a small interaction scruffle with my burger god security, who's seven foot tall, he used to play in the Raiders, is the nicest guy. And he writes this obnoxious article about me. That guy should get fired. 
That's the most disgusting article I've ever seen. Just to he, put it into context for people who haven't read it. Yeah, it was a negative article. You don't even need to bring it up because that's too much negativity for an amazing, beautiful podcast we have. But what that guy did is he didn't take into account the 500 plus people we bought to we brought to Santa Ana that exposed them to Santa Ana, showed the beauty of this city, showed the beauty of Fort Street Market, exposed them to the people that are there the other vendors, the other food, we brought life to that center. He didn't talk about that. He talked about his experience and he used his outlet on OC Weekly to talk about me. I have no problem with that. If that is your, uh, if that, if that is your view on me, if that is what you think of who I am, you have all the right to write that about me. Feel free. Okay. But then going and taking photos of my receipt at the bar and then DMing me like I don't tip good, bruh, I don't even drink. I had five or six little baddies drinking at the bar. The bar tab got ran up. I left like $20, $30 tip. I was over it. Who cares? It happens. I'm at that bar every day buying drinks for everybody that comes and visits me at Groundhouse Burger. I do not drink, so the podcast understands. I'm this, buying. This drinks. was at the 4th Street Market? Yeah, and I'm buying drinks for the people there so they can come have a fun time and a good lunch with me because I bring so many people to that 4th Street Market just like I do in Irvine. I don't worry about that negativity. Did it bring me down? No. Did I have a successful launch of my second place in less than six months? Yes. Did 500 people show up? Yes. So what am I going to care about this hater for? I'm not. If that's what you think about me, God bless. I DM'd him that day. I said, if that's what you feel about me, I feel bad for you. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. You obviously don't really know me. I'm not here, and I want to make this very clear. I'm not here to have confrontation. I'm not here to fight with people. I'm not here to act like a dick. I'm here to basically share my energy of what I love and what I have going on in my life with you. You come to Groundhouse Burger, I want you to fall in love with Groundhouse Burger. I want you to eat at Groundhouse Burger every day. I want you, when you're on your deathbed, to tell your children, do you remember that day we had at Groundhouse Burger? And I want your son to cry, saying, when I spun that fry roulette and we both won, Dad, because every spin's a win at Groundhouse Burger, it was the greatest day of my life. And when you understand that, that Groundhouse Burger is a shareable moment that you will share for the rest of your life with whoever you're eating with. You will realize there is no place better to eat than Groundhouse Burger. And shout out to Portside Fish Cone Irvine. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with our friend Bear. Yo, thank you everybody for watching and listening. I um, hope you guys learned something, found a, a really interesting, fun way to market a business. A lot of cool stuff. Learn a little bit more about the dude you saw on Instagram, you currently see and continue to see. Uh, you know where to find him. Yep. He's mentioned it. Yep. Groundhouse Burger, Portside Fish Co., Irvine, Santa Ana. Mm -hmm. And then we have Glendora coming. Oh, shit. Maybe Redlands, maybe Riverside, maybe Orange. Just keep your eyes out. Maybe downtown LA. Don't worry about me. <laughs> if you want to see more of that personality, follow him on Instagram. It's a hoot. Bear, thanks for coming on the pod, uh, man. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate you guys landing me, share my story in a very simplistic way. Cool, man. Thank you guys for listening. This has been The Catch-Up. Leave them reviews on the podcast store. And until next week, later, y'all. <laughs>